1: VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
0: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
1: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
0: Hey guys, and welcome back to the Balance Bond Podcast Soul on Fire. Today we have a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. We have an awesome guest, Danica Breisha of Model Meals. She has this incredible paleo meal delivery service that you'll have to check out. You can also use the code SOULONFIRE at modelmeals.com to get you a nice discount, which she was kind enough to provide for all of you amazing Soul on Fire listeners. She's a good friend of mine. She's a very successful, amazing entrepreneur. She's really open about her struggles with body image and also with kind of rebuilding her life at a time when she decided to start her company, move back from New York and live in her parents' garage with her huge 90-pound dog who's so insanely cute. So we'll talk all about that. She's a huge inspiration. I know that whatever stage you're at in your life right now, everybody listening, you can take something away from what Danica shares with us from living a soul on fire life to falling in love with her body to eating mindfully and intuitively, which is something that I, of course, am totally in alignment with her on to basically just being a down to earth person. She's hilarious. She's seriously hysterical. I love to spend time with her. And when I started this podcast, she was like, I initially had like probably a top 10 people who flooded into my brain, all of which have mostly been on the podcast by now. And a couple of them are scheduled. And she was one of them. She was at the very top of that list. I just knew that I had to have her and share her energy with you guys. And I think when I introed her, I told her that she reminds me so much of Emily Nolan, who was... On one of my earlier episodes, you guys loved her. Danica and Emily are like long-lost sisters. They're so funny and they're both just so much fun to be around. So I had to share her down-to-earth, soul on fire, beautiful soul amazingness with you. I also had to tell you that I couldn't possibly be more excited right now because I have my soul on fire yoga ebook coming out on April 10th, which is this coming Monday. So if you're listening, on the day that this podcast releases, then it's just five days away from now. I'm over the moon. I haven't put this much love and energy and passion and excitement and every single little piece of me into something like this in a while. I, of course, put it into things on a smaller scale all the time, like this podcast and the blog and social media and things like that. But To put together all of kind of what I learned in my 500-hour teacher training and what I've learned about myself from starting to teach yoga and what I've learned about people's bodies from starting to teach yoga, I've put all of this into my yoga ebook and I wanted to make it an ebook and not a book right now because... I thought it would be so much easier to just write it and to sell it on my website and to get it out to the world that way so that you can use it, you can share on social media. It's all kind of this immediacy thing that I really thrive off of. And I think to me, that's what yoga is all about is sharing vulnerability, sharing your story and teaching people how to listen to their bodies and how to feel good and joyous and happy and awesome in their bodies. So it introduces the whole Soul on Fire philosophy of yoga, which if you follow this podcast pretty closely, then you probably know what Soul on Fire means to me and to my guests. And I really always like to hear what it means to all of you also. And this ebook for the first time introduces how I've linked Soul on Fire my personal philosophy with yoga. And there's a lot of details. There's a a Sanskrit glossary, which is kind of funny because a lot of us, I think, step into yoga classes and don't know what anything means. And whether it be something as simple as namaste or something a little bit more complex, like some chants and some mantras that we do in yoga, I kind of put that all together so that you can follow along. And there's like 80 different poses broken down with how-to photos. There's diagrams of the sun salutations. There's a bunch of different original yoga flows, which are pretty similar to the flows that I teach in class. So if you've ever taken one of my classes or one of my workshops, or if you're coming to any of my upcoming workshops or retreats, then you can kind of learn what that flow might look like by looking at the Soul on Fire ebook. And where you can find it is either on thebalanceblonde.com, because of course, I'll link it everywhere once it launches. But you can also find it now and pre-order it at gum.co. So that's gu co slash Soul on Fire ebook. And it doesn't matter if you capitalize or if you keep everything lowercase or whatever you do. You can find it at gum.co slash ebook. It's also in the link in my Instagram bio on the Balanced Blonde because I just want to make it really easy for everybody to find. And I want you to love it and to try it and to tell me all of your thoughts. It also has beautiful original photography by Ashley Straff. We spent two whole entire days creating content, just just photo content and video content that'll be on YouTube for this ebook. So basically, it's a labor of love. I can't wait to see what the response is like. And I mean, as always, I want to hear all of the feedback, all of the everything, all of the questions. I'm always reachable. We have the Soul on Fire podcast group, Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook It's been so fun this week to watch everybody introduce themselves and we're all getting to know each other. I feel just humbled beyond reason that people are sharing themselves in this group and people are connecting from all over the world about the like-minded interest of wellness, listening to our bodies and setting our souls on fire. So now that I've talked for six and a half minutes and I truly love you for listening because this is my favorite part of the week, talking to you guys in this new microphone. Thank you to Christina, the best assistant in the world for setting up my new equipment. Uh, Hopefully this will resolve any issues that I've had on the recording end, which has definitely happened a couple times. So without further ado, we will dive into this episode with Danica Breisha, one of my absolute favorite humans in the world. All right, guys. I am here with today's podcast guest, Danica Brysha. We're looking into each other's eyes because she's sitting across from me because basically just like every single podcast guest, because this is just... My luck and my life is very allergic to Hudson. So she didn't want to sit on the couch because even though I vacuumed the couch obsessively, there's just like Hudson hair embedded in every single fiber of the thread because he just rubs himself all over this couch. He thinks he's a human. He lives on this couch and everywhere else. He's sitting there like a king. And he it's so sad because he has this like flea medication on his neck that I can actually see right now because he (laughs) has fleas. It's so sad. But I'm so happy to be here with Danica. She's a really good friend. We met, where did we even meet? It wasn't Girl Talk or, oh, at Equinox. Yeah, 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 we did an event. So we just have a ton of synergies and synergistic lifestyle. She's all about the balanced life. No rule, food philosophy. She'll tell you all about it. She has a company called Model Meals. She's a plus size model and business owner and soul coach. I saw that on your website. I She's like shaking her head. I can see her being a soul coach, whatever that exactly is, because she's just so real, so down to earth, so full of such amazing energy. So I'll let her introduce herself and then I'll ask her these signature questions that I've been asking everybody that are just like fun thought starters. So here we go. Thank you, Jordan. Hey
1: guys. Um, Jordan, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I am so giddy to be here because I've been listening to it for so long and following your journey for so long. And to be here, not sitting on your couch, but sitting across from you is a true dream. So um, that was a really good intro. I don't think there's much that I need to add. The soul coaching thing, I've hosted a couple of retreats and really helping. I really like helping people figure out what they're passionate about and then creating a living out of that because that's kind of what I did with model meals um, and what we can talk more about that later. But really just, I like ask, you know, I think being the facilitator, asking the questions that help people kind of, Jordan's spilling water all over herself, trying to have a wet t-shirt contest with me, Um, but uh, just really helping others to figure out, all right, what, what am I here for? What, what does, what truly makes me happy instead of what's supposed to make me happy and then creating a living out of that. So um, I am, yeah, I'm a curve or plus size model or whatever we want to call it um, with IMG Models. And I am a, the founder and CEO over at Model Meals.
0: So cool. She's... Yeah, this is amazing. See, I love having this conversation because curve model is probably the right way to put it, right? So when I say plus size, is that like outdated? (laughs) I
1: mean... It's interesting. I say plus size because that's the that's the technical term for the industry. So I've been modeling for seven years. I started, I got um, discovered. I don't really like that word, but that's kind of the word. So I got discovered at Bank of America in West Hollywood randomly seven years ago and I started modeling and doing plus size modeling. I never knew. It. I wear a size twelve, 14, then 5, 10, So I, I never really knew I could do plus size modeling because I was at, I was kind of at the top of the, um, like the normal sizes spectrum. So I didn't shop at plus size stores, but plus size models actually started size 6 which is kind of crazy. So anyway, but um it doesn't really matter what the term is. I like using plus size cuz it usually generates this exact conversation and we can kind of talk to people about what what does the industry look like? Why is it plus size? And eventually I hope we're all just called models, but and people and you know, but we're we're working on that. Yeah.
0: Well, because IMG has like such a range of... I mean, isn't that Gigi Hadid also? And you and like, so cool. You and Gigi. Oh my gosh. Well, that's really cool. I never know because to me, I mean, everybody is... We're just all people a size six plus size like what What? how is that i mean my god i could talk about that forever and i definitely want to talk to you about um the industry and how it's changed and we'll get into that that's in the middle section of my questions okay. so no, no no i just wanted to start with some fun thought starters even though we're already like 1000 <laughs> percent getting going but just some fun ones to set the tone what color do you feel best represents your energy
1: my favorite color by far is yellow. And I went on a... Re- is it really? Yeah. So, so it's Jordan's favorite color too. That's why the logo for Monomils is yellow. Yellow's always reminded me of like bright, light, just happiness. And then I was on a retreat this past weekend and we were walking through the chakras and yellow is the power center. It's like the core of your body. And I really identify with that a lot. So yellow is my color. I do like white though. Like when I'm in a room with like bright white light and everything around me is white, I feel like so creative and open. So... I don't know what that means. Maybe you do.
0: Oh my God. So I haven't said this yet on the podcast because everybody who I've asked this so far, everybody has said blue. And maybe one other person said something else. So I never fully mentioned that I connect with yellow, but I really do. And that's really interesting that it connects to the center of the body. And I've only connected with yellow since this year before, since first grade. My favorite color was neon green, (laughs) lime green. (laughs) But starting with this, I started this year with a guided meditation taught by Sophie Jaffe with this like, yeah, yoga meditation event that we led on the first of the year. So I chose yellow. And um, Jonathan, who I was just telling you about, he was there and he too chose yellow. And my secondary color was white. And so it's really crazy to hear you like bright white light, like a beam of light, like just down the center of your body feel like light. Yeah, I know. And I also have to mention that on, I don't know what retreat you were on this weekend, but Zoe, you met Zoe, right? No,
1: Zoe? Zoe. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yes. Okay. We talked about this. I freaked out. Okay. Yeah. I freaked out. Yes. I was, so, she was talking, Zoe and you and Zoe did like a retreat together. Yeah.
0: Zoe is one of my most loyal, dedicated, longtime readers, friends now. I absolutely love her. We went on a retreat to Costa Rica together, um, like two years ago yeah. and she was here in LA. Well, you know, where was your retreat?
1: It was in, the retreat was about an hour and a half outside of LA. So it was kind of just east. It was really cool. It was like a little, nothing glamorous by any means, but it was 20 women. It was taught by, led by Christine Hassler, who is like amazing. She's like a coach and it's very spiritual and deep emotional work, but the kind of stuff that gets you kind of unblocked so it was good it was really nice unblocked
0: Unblocked. that should be the word of the month for everybody listening (laughs) I think now it is I think we all need to work to unblock whatever is blocking us from living that passionate life that you're talking about the soul on fire life if I do say so yeah. yeah so the next question a cartoon character that defines your childhood
1: oh gosh
0: Miss Piggy came to mind.
1: I don't know. I think I was I did I did was Miss Piggy actually a cartoon now that I think well, of. She's not, huh? Puppet, but she can. Oh jeez. I just screwed this up. Let's go with the Smurfs. My grandpa actually drew the Smurfs. And so I have as a kid he he worked for Hanna-Barbera. So he did a lot of different different I don't know how it worked. I don't think he was like the Smurf guy, but he would always draw us Smurfs and Jetsons and all that stuff on little like birthday cards and stuff. So
0: I love that. Well, I'm glad I asked you that. You have some really good connections there and the Muppets. I, I've connect with Kermit, Kermit the frog. That's so fun. Okay, so I have so many questions to get to for you. We're just gonna dive right into the rest of them. Um, one thing I wanted to note for everybody listening is that everybody, including myself, everybody who knows Danica and Emily Nolan, who was on episode 16 of this podcast, always say that they're so similar. I feel that they're so incredibly similar down to basically everything with personality and even just lifestyle and career and realness. Um, So if anybody is already thinking, wait, I feel like I know Danica or I feel like she's reminding me of somebody, maybe she's reminding you of Emily and Emily, when she was on this podcast, like I get feedback every day that people just loved that. So I know people will be excited to have a similar type of personality on here. And these two, they know each other too, just not in person yet, but that's how this crazy world is these days. So it doesn't even matter that they've never met in person. So... I'm really interested in your food journey before we dive into all the entrepreneurial stuff and soul on fire life, Um, because I can relate, of course, to being, uh, just having a lot of food problems, eating disorders and things like that. So I want to hear your story. I've had the pleasure of hearing you talk about it on the Girl Talk panel, and I know that it'll be really helpful for people to hear your journey.
1: Thank you, and thank you for the compliment about me and Emily. I love Emily, and I think she is so fantastic. So I will try to live up to that comparison. My food journey—that is a long-winded answer that I will try to make sh- to make sort of concise. Okay, so you know, I just—I spent my entire life struggling with food. I, I was always kind of the chubbier kid, and I think you know the media never showed me anyone that looked like me, and never no none of the chubby girl wasn't on the TV at my at, you know at that time, and so I think I internalized is this sort of not enoughness and not feeling beautiful. And so I did my first diet in high school. And like, I was like 14 and I started dieting and did Weight Watchers. And then I eventually did Atkins. And so I was a junior in high school. I did Atkins or between my sophomore, and junior year, and I ended up losing like 45 pounds. And so I went back to high school and I was always kind of like the funny, like everyone's friend. Um, but, but really didn't have the guys that liked me. Didn't, you know, I was just kind of like put on a happy face to make everyone laugh and kind of push myself behind, you know? And, um, I did Atkins and I came back and all of a sudden everyone's nicer to me and all the the guys are wanting to date me and I'm getting all this this like reassurance of how I look on the outside you know and and I was so I remember being upset at the fact that I wasn't any I wasn't anyone different than I had been before but all of a sudden um, people were treating me so differently and so I got kind of addicted to that that sort of reassurance and the power of being, I guess, more beautiful. I say that in quotes, but, um, so, so I kind of got, got attached to that. And I had a lot of people saying like, oh, you should get into modeling, you know? And I always, always, always wanted to be a model. And I think a lot of that stemmed from feeling so opposite of that for so long. I had models on my, on my wall from floor to ceiling and, I just always figured like, if I could just lose enough weight, then I could be a model, you know? And I'm not, I'm just not built that way, which I know now, but as a kid, you don't know that there are different body types. You just range, you just think that you, there's, you know, bones are all the same size and you could just be on one spectrum or the other. So, so, you know, I did Atkins and then Atkins stopped working, which most diets eventually stopped working. And I started gaining weight and I had to find other ways to keep the weight off. And so I started throwing up my meals. And so I'd, you know, I'd be at school and I was like, you know, I was the class president. I was a class clown and I had. Everything seemed like it was figured out And I would go home I would binge eat And I would go home Like I would restrict myself all day With diets and stuff And then I would lose control ultimately And I would go home And I would throw up all my meals So I remember specifically the night I won Homecoming Queen Because I like I binge ate I ate all this Probably I would say like 5,000 calories of food Just like super fast Secretly Showered Slipped on my white dress Went to the The football game And I went to a very like Traditional high school Rode out on the car and then my name like goes up in fireworks and I was thinking like how like what a like metaphor I guess that is for like for how hurt I was on the inside and behind closed doors and how then the appearance that I put on for people you know in front of them so after high school, I, you know, I had I went to the dentist. I had to get like four root canals, and I was like, okay, like I'm like I'm like literally just ruining my body and my health. And so I kind of helped, like st- I stopped. I committed myself to not throw up, and I said like, if I have to gain weight to learn how to manage food properly, that's fine, but I won't throw up. And then that led to weight gain, which led me to start doing cocaine and Adderall, and I mean it was just ongoing. And then I got into drinking, and so. Um, I went away to college and was just really doing a lot of drinking, a lot of um, dieting, and then binging, just kind of like that back and forth, and just constantly feeling like when I lose the weight, my life begins. When I lose the weight, I'll be happy, you know. And so, went through college and then got out of college and I moved to Los Angeles, um, and I was working in television production. And I remember I kind of got to a point where I was like, you know what? I've been striving for the same thing, the same weight loss, for so damn long. And more or less, I'm really the same size. And I just kind of let go. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to let myself settle where I land and find a little bit of peace with this. So I did that and I settled at my natural size, which is like a 12-14. And I was randomly running errands and I was at Bank of America and I had some agents come up to me and ask me if I ever thought about plus size modeling. And I had no idea I could really do it because, you know, I hadn't plus size modeling. Like I I just didn't, we didn't see it. Now you see Ashley Graham and you see all these big plus size models that are recognized, but it's even seven years ago it was totally different so signed with them an agency and started taking my career took off pretty quickly so I was doing forever 21 and like all these big brands target and decided to make the move to New York and signed with Wilhelmina Models in New York so I um you know i had been taking Adderall for a year while I was living in Los Angeles and I really didn't like how what it was doing to me in terms of my creativity I was super irritable um, and I knew that there had to be a way to more naturally like deal with it. And so I read that book, Wheat Belly. And so I eliminated wheat. And then I started like kind of like realizing how powerful food was. And so I just kind of played around with different stuff. So right when I moved to New York, it was, it was January of 2014, which I think is right around the time you were there as well. And so I was like, okay, it's January. I'm going to try something new. I'm going to not drink alcohol for a month and maybe do like a clean eating challenge. I got my, own, my first apartment by myself in the West Village. Yeah, uh, I was on it was, I was on Christopher Street, Christopher in Washington. Where were you? 13th and 6th. Oh, not too far. Yeah. So I found the Whole30 somehow online. The Whole30 is really just a clean eating sort of challenge, but not really, not about, it's really about eating nutrient-dense foods and kind of training you to eat things that are real foods and not processed and sugary and all that stuff. And just to do it for 30 days um, to eliminate and really heal your body so that you can kind of reintroduce stuff. Well, I did the whole 30. And at the end of the 30 days, I felt so good that I wanted to keep doing it. I'd lost 15 pounds and my skin changed and my hair and everything. And I felt this like mental clarity that I hadn't felt in so long. And so, at the end of the thirty days, I, I just committed, I want to keep doing this." so I, I decided that I was going to just keep doing it, and then add on, I saw how much I could change in thirty days with whole thirty. and I was like, "Wow, what else can I do?" You know So I started meditating and journaling and doing gratitude and all this stuff, And about four months into living into new York in New York and doing the whole thirty and not drinking, I ended up losing about thirty pounds, and I lost all my modeling jobs because I wasn't big enough anymore. Yes. Yes. So that's when, when, with Emily's story, I was like so relating to that. And it wasn't necessarily that I couldn't work at that size. It was just, I built a Rolodex of clients that booked me regular at a size 12, 14. So it's essentially like starting your career over. So, you know, I got, eventually I'm three months behind on my rent and um, I, I wanted, it was really important to me to do something I loved. And I've been sharing my health journey and recipes and all that sort of stuff. And I love to cook. And I was like, how can I make money doing what I love? And so I looked, one day I woke up and every five minutes I wrote down what I was, how I was spending my time. And I looked at it and I was cooking dinner for people and I was you know, answering people's health questions and all that. So I posted on Instagram, I said, does anyone in New York want a healthy um, private chef? And I had a few people respond. So I just said, okay, I'm gonna just do meal delivery. So I started cooking in my apartment in New York and delivering it to people around New York City. And I called it Model Meals, playing off the modeling thing, but really about the education component of modeling how to live and eat cleaner, sharing recipes and content and all that. And I did that for a little while in New York and then was so broke that I needed to move home and I moved back to my parents' garage in Newport Beach, California where I've lived for two years and I'm m- moving out in two weeks, which is very exciting. Yes. And so I've le- I've spent the last two years in Newport and we relaunched... The- I have some business partners. We relaunched Model Meals here in... We serve from San Diego up to Santa Barbara. And I think... I don't know if my business partner is going to kill me for saying this, but I think we're launching San Francisco like very, very soon. So this might be where we break the news. But, you know, move back and really just have done a lot of soul searching. And I think to wrap all this up, most recently, you know what I've, I've been struggling my whole life to figure out what with the food, what the answer is, I've always fought food. And to this day, I fought food. And I was really involved in Overeaters Anonymous. And I, and I identified and talked very openly about being a food addict and a sugar addict. And for so long, it was like, okay, I'm going to avoid sugar. And I've been off sugar, I'm counting days, I've been off sugar and all this stuff. And, and about a month ago, I finally realized and something like just clicked for me that it wasn't, the sugar that was the problem, it was all the rules that were the problem. And so I I just vowed to myself about a month ago that I was no longer going to have any rules around food. And I just released. And so I binge ate for, you know, a week maybe. And I every day went to the grocery store and let myself, I just gave myself permission and permission. And anytime I started feeling the guilt or shame or control thing come up, I was like, shh, I like pushed it aside. And it has been the most freeing thing for me. So it's interesting. It's this kind of collaboration of, I love to eat clean and choose these things that make me feel really good. But I also need that food freedom and I need to be able to eat chocolate or sushi or whatever it is that I've deemed bad for so long. So that was the shortest version of my food story that I think I could (laughs) could
0: give you. Well, we still got a huge glimpse into what the journey looked like. And I love that it ends up with food freedom because the last I saw, because obviously we're friends on Facebook and I see what you post and I had seen a lot of... um, sugar-free stuff from you like over 100 days sugar-free or there was a lot of stuff like that which I found really inspiring because I mostly feel good when I'm sugar-free at least for sure refined sugar-free Um, I can do... I do natural chocolate all the time, but um, sugar-free always feels good. So I found that really inspiring, but I also find it even more inspiring to just listen to your body because probably I'm just willing to bet if you're listening to your body and your goal is to feel good, you're going to be pretty much sugar-free, but also having treats every once in a while and like things that sound good and taste good. And I have mornings where I wake up and I'm just like, this is going to be a super sugar-free, like ketogenic, paleo kind of day. I'm just yeah. going to run off the energy, the fat-burning energy. It's going to be amazing. And I have other days where I wake up and I have like a handful of healthy cookie dough because like that's what I want. And so I can identify with the food freedom thing and I've, I'd be... Pfft, I've played around with a lot of rules. I've had, even recently, all the rules because that's just how my brain functions, especially because I have stomach problems and that kind of stuff. So I can't just eat whatever. Um, But I think that, yeah, the listening to your body and letting go of the rules is ultimately the best thing you can do. And I think coming from you, who you have a meal delivery service and your whole life is basically food And I know how that can be. I used to have my whole life be food with a food blog and also cooking a lot for people. And I developed a cleanse program. And although I wasn't making the food for people, I felt like I was because I was answering that many questions, which is probably your life with Model meals.
1: I can relate to that so much. And especially you were so inspired. Like, I think this whole element of feeling like a fraud, especially when you built a brand around something. And I just posted something that, that really was like, listen, like I feel like a fraud and I want people to understand that like... Like, yes, I have this food freedom and I will eat the clean chocolate, you know, the, the cleaner versions of the chocolate or the chips or whatever, but I still care about the nutrition. Like the model meals aspect is not like thrown away in the food freedom. Like that is what makes me feel absolutely the best. And Whole30, I support so much. So it's exactly what you touched on. It's it's that intuitiveness. And if it wasn't for the Whole30 and changing this way of eating, I wouldn't have the mental clarity to be where I am today too, you know? And I think it's also important, I, I didn't mention this, but I, I was able to rebuild my model Modeling career. And I and when I stopped being so harsh on myself, my I, my body settled at my natural size, which tends to be a 12-14. That's kind of always where I've gone back to. And I was able to build my, my modeling career with um, my new agency, IMG Models. So it's been cool because when I stopped, I think the whole metaphor for my journey has been when I stopped trying to be something I wasn't, exactly what I always wanted happened, you know? So it's been cool. So now I can, I get to run this amazing business with all these wonderful people and help a lot of people with these meals. But then I'm also modeling full-time and I'm flying somewhere once or twice a week. And so it's cool. It's just we can have it all. And I think you know that too. You know, we can have it all. We can do have multiple careers. We can have all of
0: that. Yeah. I love that. That's so true. I love that you say that because I think people get really... People who are in recovery from eating disorders or food addictions or all that kind of stuff have this mental block. We've all had it about like, how much should I care or can I care about what I'm putting into my body without being obsessive? And what's the difference between... Um, being mindful about like natural, organic, Whole30 approved, paleo, whatever labels, all the labels yeah. that don't, we don't really need to to follow the labels. But then again, the, a lot of those lifestyles really do ascribe to just taking care of yourself and not eating the, the stuff that inflames all of our digestive systems and all of that. So it can be really confusing. So I love that you say you can listen to your body and have no food rules and also support things like Whole30 and obviously like providing model meals to people, which are, those are all paleo if yeah. I'm correct. And so just explain, yeah, to everybody kind of like what all of the staples that go into your meal delivery service are. Totally. So model meals, I know I didn't really tell you guys what it was. <laughs> model meals is,
1: we do meal delivery. So we currently serve all of Southern California, as I mentioned. Um, and it's it does follow, it's 100% Whole30 and paleo, which basically means that it is, we use a ton of fresh, organic, locally sourced produce. So a lot of vegetables, some fruit, and then we do have meat in some of our stuff. And uh, the meat that we use is all pasture raised, humane, um, sustainable all that sort of stuff. And um, and then really healthy fat. So it's avocados, it's avocado oil, it's um, olive oil, all those sorts of like healthy, you know, grass-fed, pasture-raised ghee and all those sorts of things. So it's it's no grains, dairy, sugar, soy, legumes, alcohol. So it's really just eliminating anything that could be causing inflammation in your body. So our menu changes every week. It's all um, ready to eat. It's not like ingredients where you're cooking it yourself. And it's just premium fuel. And it's for your weekdays. I want to promote balance. I think that's the most appealing thing. Like your message is so, even before it's, you know, before it's time, people talk about balance all the time, but I think you've brought such a good perspective to it. And, and that's what it is. You know, we, our meals come on Sunday night and you have healthy meals through your weekdays, Monday through Friday, and then you can cook our recipes on the weekends or go out with your friends or eat pizza or Buffalo wings or whatever the hell you want to eat. But, but we want to help people in during the weekdays when they want that premium fuel.
0: Amazing. I'm excited to finally try it. I, yeah, she brought me some. They're in my refrigerator. I love, I love everything about all of those. And I'm so excited to give it a try. So, shifting gears a little bit from all the food stuff, because something else that I think will be really helpful to people to hear from with you is the entrepreneurial stuff, but also how do you do it all with the multiple careers, with the modeling and the running of business? And I know when it comes to food, there's a lot of, I see your pictures and stuff, like really early morning production and you're like in the kitchen with them and taking selfies. And you also blog weekly about the experience in the kitchen and um, you do a lot of stuff. So how have you found that balance to be able to do all of that and also have a life and this new relationship that we were just talking about? <laughs> Talking about and everything. How do you, how do you?
1: I have a lot of help, like a lot of help. And I think that, you know, that's, it's funny. I, I'm not great at it to be completely honest with you. That is my biggest challenge right now is, is taking time off and valuing rest and open space and non-scheduled days and stuff—that is the hardest thing for me. And and it, I got burnt out. You know, I posted something a couple of weeks ago. I was shooting for Old Navy up in San Francisco, and I was in my hotel. And I went. This is before I, my food freedom thing. This is actually was the catalyst for me to just be like, "Screw all of this! Like, I'm so sick of it." Um, because think about how exhausting it is when you're mentally tell when you have to follow all those rules. That that takes so much energy that is really not useful. You know, so um, I had a little breakdown and because I don't rest enough, you know, and I'm really working on it. Self-care is really important to me, and I actually have this whole self-care checklist that people tend to be super interested in. And I created it in an app called Evernote, and it's personalized to me, but anyone can make their own. And it's just a way, you know, I always, you know, we want this great life. We're like, I want a great life. But that's overwhelming. Like how do you have a great life? There's ups and downs and all that stuff and you know, I realized and something I learned in the addiction programs was that, you know, just take it day by day. And so a great life is just a bunch of great days. So how do we create a great day? Well, for me, I kind of came up with my prescription, my holistic prescription of what my great day looks like. And that's meditation. It's, you know, physical activity when I feel like it's not everyday physical activity. It's clean eating. It's getting enough sleep. Um, I write my gratitude in there, my affirmations. I write a biography of myself from the future. Um so I just kind of have this little checklist that keeps me sort of centered and focused and I can spend 5 minutes doing it or I can spend, you know, 15 minutes doing or an hour doing it but it really just comes down to whatever I need for the day but you know in terms of this how do you do it all sort of thing it's interesting it's intimidating because people are so manicured on social media nowadays and you know what you guys don't see is the team of people that drafts those entire blog posts and edit all the photos and set them up. And I just go and proofread and, prep and says, say yes. You don't see them gearing up so my social media posts. You don't see... I think the best lesson I've learned that Model Meals has, has taught me... Is, the de- is delegation and trusting people and saying, hey, you're the expert in this thing. Why don't you do it? Because there, people can do things so much better than I can. I'm just doing what I'm good at. And, and fortunately, or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, you know, I am more in front. You're seeing, people are seeing my face more, but there's such an amazing team. And I really try and be good about highlighting everyone involved. My business partner was one of my sorority sisters in college and she is such a rock star and so behind the scenes but the girl works her ass off. She does all of our numbers, our operations. I mean, she just, so you get, you have a lot of people and to be honest, you know, we're so lucky to live in this day and age where I can travel. I work from the airplane. I work from photo shoots. You know, with modeling, a lot of times there is downtime between shoots. So I'll have my laptop open while I'm, I'll change. I'll wait for the other per, the other model to shoot, and then I'll answer a couple emails while I'm waiting. So I've really just kind of learned to make it work how it can, and ask for help when I when I don't have it. You know, when I need it. But I'm getting I'm getting better. I'm really. Tr- it's hard. I think you probably can relate to this a lot. It's it's really hard when you absolutely love what you do to stop working because it doesn't always feel like work so you forget because it brings you so much joy, sometimes more joy than a lot of the things that the world, the society tells us are supposed to bring us joy. Like, I love what I do. And I know I'm very fortunate to say that. And I hope that my living, my greatest expression can inspire other people to do the same. Because, you know, I saw your post on Facebook and the fact that your friend had said like, well, you should start a blog. And that was four years ago, you know, and to like, what an inspiration to see what you've built in four years. And if that doesn't inspire other people to say like, hey, it's not too late to start. Even if... If you're 90 years old, you know. So, um, in terms of doing it all, I guess the answer is I don't. You know, I, I do a lot, and I'm very tired. And but I, but the more the business grows, the more I'm able to bring people
0: on to help. That's amazing, and it's hard to give up bits and pieces of your business and give up control. I don't know if you can relate. You probably can. I feel like everyone who is a business owner is a little controlling over the things that they create. I mean, how can you not be? So it's really hard to give that up sometimes. But if you don't, it does cause a burnout or it just causes a plateau within the company because you can't grow if there's not enough people helping. So... That's incredible. It's really fun to hear that you work with a friend from yeah. your... What sorority were you in? We were in Pi Phi. Pi Phi. Where did you go to college? Boulder. I was in Alpha Phi at LMU. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I think being in a sorority was, was a very... It's funny. People like... I don't know how people will feel about this statement, but being in a sorority actually really set me up to be doing what I'm doing now with a lot of... um hosting events and delegating and managing and speaking and teaching um, like the positions I had in my sorority and don't get me wrong everybody listening I was like the least involved person in Alpha Phi but also in a weird way was like very very close with so many of the people I mean all of the people I had like these super close-knit relationships and even in my yoga class that I taught on Sunday it was like if you look around there's my big sister from Alpha Phi and my little sister from Alpha Phi and I maintain. I mean, I'm like serious about maintaining really close friendships. That's always who I've been, but I was not super involved in Alpha Phi. I was the girl who would be like, I have yoga teacher training. I'm not coming to rush. And then I would be like on in like a meeting with like almost being kicked out of the sorority because I missed so many hours and things like that. But the positions that I held within there, I was like educator of all the pledges beneath me and that kind of stuff I had to learn how to public speak and to teach people things and thank you and it was not it didn't come like supernaturally to me so I look back on some of that and like some of the organized activity helped me learn like what I thrive with and what I don't thrive I do not thrive off of organized activity if like you have to be somewhere and there's like a checklist and if you're not there you're in trouble I still can't, I didn't go to Expo West this year because I get this like horrible anxiety about like, you have to be somewhere. And if you're not there, people are going to be upset and people are waiting on you and, and like, no, no, they're not. It doesn't matter if I'm there or not. It doesn't matter to anybody. Like ultimately, like I want to do my own thing. So that's just a little aside. But I love that you too were a sorority girl. So As far as building your own business, and it really sounds like Model Meals sprung out of truthfully, like you just put the word out on Instagram that you wanted to start providing personal chef, chefing Uh, That's a word, you know, I've heard people, you know this. I just heard it on another podcast and now I'm like (laughs) so glad that I can use it. You started personal chefing to people. So that's the ultimate soul on fire lifestyle. That's what this podcast is all about. How can you set your soul on fire doing what you love? Also making money because it's just true. You have to do that in order to support yourself, which is why a lot of people are stuck doing things that they don't necessarily love. So part of this podcast is trying to share the tips and tricks and things that we've found in order to create these businesses that... Support us and that also fill us up emotionally, spiritually. So, how have you done that? I mean, what
1: are how, what have you learned? It's funny. I feel like my entire life, everything brings me back to food. It's like always, food is. The, I'm dating a chef now, which we can talk about later. But, um, but you know, it, it really it's the food because when I did that first whole thirty, and I had the mental clarity that I had, um, it led to all that self work. And here's the truth we all have the answers we need in terms of how to live our best life inside of us already. The problem is that the world is so noisy. And so we're so distracted and we're so like, you know, we don't tune in and all the answers are inside. So when I actually gave myself that space, you know, I took a whole year off watching TV, off drinking alcohol. I was eating super clean. I just was so in the zone. It was like my own little like university of Danica, you know, and so having that clarity and giving yourself the space to really like... Tune in is is huge because you'll hear the answers. But on top of that, you know, for me, like it's that tool I just said, writing down how you're already spending your time. Who do you follow on social media? What are you? What do people come to you for advice? You know, uh, come to you for advice for? And what did you do as a young when you were younger that you were you know that you loved to do? You know, I, when I when I host my retreats, one of the things I've hosted sort of like a New Year's retreat where we help set goals and help people figure out what they want to do for the rest of the year and really plan out action plans for that. And you know, I do this sort of visualization. And and I walk them through their dream day, the day in their dream life. And it's an average day in their dream life. So they wake up in their bed and they look around and I have them describe what's going on. Like it's like a Tuesday, you know, this is they're in their dream home, dream people, dream job, dream whatever. And what I found through that practice is that everyone already knows. They know what's the color of their couches. They know what that mug looks like. They know where their desk is. They know who that person is. You know, it's so interesting. And so I think we just never give ourselves the space to, to look for that. So I think, you know, with me, I really struggled financially for th- the last three years. I am just just now getting out of it, and I think it's easy to see a model and or anything on social media and assume something much different. But I have been li- I've been living in my parents' garage for two years, you know, and I'm turning thirty in June and. I'm very grateful to have that as a resource and if I didn't I wouldn't if I didn't have modeling and I didn't have my parents supporting me um with a place to live for free then I wouldn't have been able to start model meals you know and and so there are sacrifices and not everyone has all the advantages that I have and I'm not going to downplay those I think I think you know I don't think that's fair to to not credit the fact that I do have parents that had an extra little garage apartment that I could stay in you know and I do have great and I do have a career that I can make good money and work a couple times a month if I need to so so but I think in terms of finding your passion and executing on it it really is already if if you don't know what it is if you're looking for what that is it's really that thing that you're an expert in without knowing you know what I mean for me the truth is what am I an expert in Pro- dieting probably, you know what I mean? And food. And it's because I've been studying it unintentionally for 15 years. But here's the thing. And especially even as entrepreneurs, like this word entrepreneur, you know, if you're a mom running a household, you're an entrepreneur. If you're someone running, a, you know, I really think that everyone is an entrepreneur. You're an entrepreneur of your own life, you know? And I think, you know, I look at moms and I'm like blown away with how much, I can't even imagine. I can I can hardly like like feed my dog and take care of myself. Like I look at, the, at these women who run have a family and run a family and I'm so blown away by that. And so... I think someone's passion or mission and or purpose could be in raising that child or it could be in helping support, you know, your boss. You know what I mean? You don't have to be the one running the business or or getting all in the limelight for that to not to be your passion or purpose. And I think that's a big thing where we can get misconstrued is that we think that we have to be Oprah in order to be someone living our passion, you know, and it's not the case. You could just find someone that resonates with you and jump on their on, what, on their mission and that's beautiful.
0: That's incredible. Oh, yeah. No, that's that is such key advice because I think that people often assume that in order to be in line with your In true intention, passion. That means you have to launch something huge and epic and just from your center core. And that's, I mean, I think everyone will do that in their lifetime, whether that is birthing a child and and raising that child or starting a blog based off of something that they're absolutely obsessed with, regardless if it becomes the next big blog in that genre or not. Um, Everybody will do that in their own way. So it's, Awesome to remember that following your purpose could truly mean supporting someone else who is already like on that path, and that's actually what Christina, my assistant, has talked about from time to time. Is she has all these huge passions with wellness and health and eating disorder recovery, and um, it's making like health knowledge more available to people. And she realized at a certain point that how being me with my platform actually helps her do what she loves and reach more people right now as she also grows her own stuff. So it's really cool to remember that. And I totally agree with what you said about moms because I think about it every single day. Like being a mom is seriously like being a superwoman. And I feel this way even to the smallest degree when I'm like coming home from a long day of work and a long photo shoot and I'm doing the dishes and Last night, for example, I turn around, I notice that Hudson has fleas and next thing I know, I'm like throwing him into his cat carrier and going to the vet to the vet. And my mom even said to me, because of course I'm on the phone with my mom, like wailing my eyes out about this. And she's like, Imagine that times ten thousand and that's having a kid. And I was like, No, it's the same because he <laughs> is a human. And my mom was like, No. But it's true. I mean, I yeah, no, he's very, very smart. <laughs> He's totally looking. Side yep, side eye.
1: Real quick on passion, just...
0: You know, I don't know if I touched on this. And I think it's important. The reason
1: that I started Model Meals was because I saw... That when I ate this way and I took care of myself and I did this work, I brought a better person into the world. I I I was and I was happier. I was more connected. I was present with people. I wasn't like focusing on the bread basket at dinner instead of what the conversation, you know? And so that was really what it was. And I truly, truly believe that food could change the world. I believe and that is my that is in my heart. And someone might be like, get like chill, you know? For me, I really believe that. I truly truthfully, if everyone could eat this well and feel this good and be running on this fuel, the world would be a completely different place. And that's, that's the mission behind what we do. And I told my team, our mission with Mama Meals is to make this way of eating as accessible and affordable as possible. So the bigger we get, the lower we can drop our prices without sacrificing the quality. And, And we do source from family farms. We do, we are very, very careful with what we source and our meats, especially. I mean, these are like very, we visit the farms, you know, we know, and and so I think it's just with passion, it's, it's really tuning in and like paying attention to how you feel. Like we're so used to like looking around us to, to tell, it. like when I, if you had asked me, how do you feel? Probably like two years ago, I would have kind of looked around and judged the situation I was in and been like, oh good, like I'm happy. I'm not here with Jordan or a place. Instead of tuning into my body, and feeling, how do I actually feel? And feelings don't lie. They guide you. That's your compass. Life is so much easier when you trust your feelings than tr- instead of trusting something outside of yourself. And that's where your passion is. And that's where your purpose is and every answer you need.
0: Yes, feelings don't lie. That is the best thing ever. And if I still had a t-shirt line, I would put that on a t-shirt. We had vibes don't lie. That was our big that, TBB yeah. thing, but... Um, those are vintage. If anyone has one, um, you could probably one day sell that for a lot of money or not because probably someone else could put that on a shirt any day. But feelings don't lie. I'm going to put that on a quote for this episode because it's, it's true. Tuning into yourself is the most important thing you can do. And it says so much more than what your circumstance at hand is, which is a good thing to remember if you're in a situation that's not so positive and not so happy and it's like one of the worst things that you have to do all week, that's okay. Because if you tune in to how are you really doing like in your whole entire life, look at everything else. You're so lucky to have loving family, like whatever it is that's positive in each individual's life. It's such a good thing to focus on and to remember. So something that I'm so interested in that I just love is that... So the last... One of the last times we saw each other, which was not the last time, but a couple times ago that we saw each other, we were speaking at Girl Talk. This was in September or August because it's my dad's birthday weekend. I remember that. And... Um, I remember we were both like in the bathroom before we spoke and casually talking about the fact that we were both single. I mean, I was in like not I was in like a weird really I was basically single, so and you were single and um I remember we just had this passing conversation about like how can you find a guy who's awesome, who gives you like what you want and what you need. And are there people like that out there? Not in LA. We were both very down on it. And we were just like, I don't even care. We have our own businesses. We're single women. It doesn't even matter. We'll, we'll meet someone or we won't. We have pets. Like we were just, I remember this conversation. And at the time, I really genuinely felt that way. And you did too. We joked about it. But we we're like, seriously, we're happy on our own. It's cool. And since then, it has not been that long. We've both like fallen hard for people. And and have we each have a relationship that's so fulfilling and important to us. And this is what we gushed about for like 20 minutes before we started recording. So I'm curious to hear how you introduced a relationship into this already very full life of yours. You travel a lot. You have a company. You... You model, you're all over the place. Every time I look on social media, you're in New York or San Francisco working with huge companies. You're driving to LA for the day um, from Orange County for people who don't know. That's not an easy commute all the time. I mean, it's intense. I cannot handle driving to Orange County ever from LA. So first first part of the question is how did you introduce that? And then also how do you feel that that like love in your heart has enhanced everything else in your life? Because I kind of feel like my whole life is just, greatly enhanced by this deep, deep feeling of love. And it's cool. So I want to hear your opinion.
1: That was, you're really good at this, Jordan. You've, been doing, you've done this before. No, that's that's a really great question. And before I answer that, I think it's worth saying, and just in terms of relationships, like I spent my whole life being like the friend. And I think what it stemmed, it stemmed from that, that theme in my life of not being enough. I was, I'm was too fat, so that guy doesn't like me, so I'll be his best friend. You should see how many hot best guy friends I've had in the last 10 years. And where it's basically, it was like my boyfriend, but we didn't hook up because I was too... I put off the vibe that I wasn't interested. And the reason I put off that vibe was because I thought I wasn't enough and they couldn't possibly like me. And so I think, you know, after doing all of this self-work that I've talked about and really figuring out who I am and, and realizing I'm accepting, I, I deserve this passionate love, that's when you attract the right person. So when you 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 attract what you are and you attract, you know, and and you someone on the same kind of vibration as you. So Billy is his name. Um, he is, you know, it's so funny, like... I spent, this is interesting. I've never really talked about this out loud, but a billion dose of this, but I spent a really, really long time in love with this NFL quarterback. And he was a friend. It wasn't like total fantasy. He was a friend and we had like our little flings here and there. Um, But I was so in love with him and like thinking I was just going to end up with him. And like everything in my life was almost planned around this fairy tale of ending up with this guy. And this guy I talked to like a couple times a year. It wasn't like, you know, but he was this big kind of football celebrity and, you know, I understand the situation so much more now. And it was so much, it, it had, it was not about him. I wasn't in love with him. I was in love with the idea of him and I was looking for someone else to complete me. And, and this fantasy of, oh, if he could like me, then I'm enough. I'm beautiful. I'm enough. And so it took me a really long time to actually like genuinely close that door on that fantasy and when i did and i did all this work my world like totally opened up and it's so clear to me why that wouldn't work now you know what i mean and and so i was uh, i was actually just on tinder I wish I had a better story about how I met my current boyfriend, but I was on Tinder and we met and we grabbed coffee and, um, he was this like beautiful guy. He's like, you know, six, three with these green eyes and he like works out a lot. He's kind of like a meathead in his pictures. He looked like more of a meathead than he actually is. And I was like, kind of not like really into that. But then I saw him in person. I was like, okay. But really just getting to the point, he, you know, I, I'm so in love with him and he... It comes from a very troubled past. He was a heroin addict. He was in jail. He, you know, had a like, it, just everything. Especially even when I met him, he was living in sober living. Like all of these things that on paper you would think, you know, I don't think he minds me talking about this. He's very open with his struggle. So I want I want to preface that. He am <laughs> not giving away all his stuff here right now. He went through a really intense recovery program for addiction. And I, I relate to addiction so much with my food struggles. I've been there. Like I get it. And And he... Went through this really intense recovery program, and as a result, the the man is so in touch with his feelings. He communicates everything, and I think I was telling Jordan like the, our, the, one of the first things he said to me when we were kind of talking about okay, getting in a relationship. He said, "You know, it's been a really long time since I've had to take care of someone else's feelings, but I'm up for it, and I will, and I won't lie to you." And he's so the most beautiful thing about him is he is so communicative and so vulnerable. and And I think what I've really learned is, you know, I didn't talk about feelings growing up. I, I if I, if something can- up. I didn't want to feel, I just reached for food, shoved it down, like dealt with, you know, I'm not going to deal with it. You know, we didn't, that that wasn't how, that wasn't natural for me. And so to have someone that I come home to now, and we talk about feelings, I cry and he holds me, you know, I've cried for a while. I was crying like every day. Lately, I'm a little more stable. Who knows? I'm sure I'll cry all all week next, And you know, who knows? But to have someone that can love you for all of that and, and hold you and understand that like cry, it doesn't, it doesn't have to mean anything emotion. It can just like, we just need to get it out and process it. And so there's just this unconditional love and we're, it's a real partnership. And I haven't really felt that before. And we make each other better. And he's a beautiful man. He's cook, he's a chef and he, the food thing, he's a chef and he's, bringing healthy food into recovery homes. So guys that are recovering from drugs and alcohol, he's he- he's the chef and the healthy food helps them like I said, you know, to recover quicker. I think what I've realized is like we can always make time for what we want. Always. Everyone can, you know, and I see him every night. I mean, unless I'm traveling and when I travel we FaceTime, we talk, but he has given me the thing that I struggled with the most and that was turning off. I used to go home in my bedroom with my laptop answering emails and customer service until I literally I drifted off, you know, and maybe I'm eating in bed or whatever. And he's given me this sort of stopping point, which I needed. And the universe was just like, okay, you're not doing it on your own. So let me give you a way to make this help. And so we like, I don't think we've ever watched TV together. We've been together for like three or four months now. We we just connect. We talk we do other things, but, um, but we just really connect and he's beautiful. And I'm so happy for your new relationship too. And that's, yeah, that's that he, when you're, when you find the right person, they support you. So no matter how busy you are, he is so helpful. I mean, he just helps everything. And, and that's, I was, I was traveling this weekend and he went to my kitchen to help out my team, like to get stuff done and just, just things like, you know, that's why I date chefs strictly. No, <laughs>
0: Exactly. That's amazing. Wow. I think it's really interesting how our lives have paralleled in that way because we really connected on that several months ago. And um, I feel that 2017 is this year for new things, um, being open to the universe, bringing you what you need if you're clear on your intentions. And judging by the last 50 minutes of conversation, you're very clear on your intentions. You journal, you meditate, you lead retreats to help people get clear on their intentions. So you were clear and coming into this year for for the first time in my life, I was truly clear also. I've been clear for a while on career goals and um, a lot of other stuff, fitness goals, you know, those kinds of things that are much easier to think about than like the deep depths of relationship life and goals and everything um for once i was super clear and at 1201 on the uh, <laughs> on january 1st um it that this relationship like came into my life is so crazy and awesome. we too don't watch tv like i mean we try because i love to watch girls i'm yeah. obsessed with that show and so we do watch yeah. girls but we laugh yeah, we'll spend yes yeah. well we'll spend like six hours like doing who knows what just in bed talking just loving life and we'll wake up the next morning and his roommate will be like what movie did you guys watch last night you were like home all night and we're like no movie and he's like what (laughs) like looking at us like what could people possibly do for so many hours and we're like oh we just connect it's fun it's great
1: I think like something so beautiful too is like I've struggled with my body for so long and I have my little belly thing that is like my insecurity, whatever. And he makes me feel so beautiful. And I think that's the most important thing is it's not, you're not going to get to this place and then they're going to think you're beautiful. Find someone that like, loves you exactly as you are. He knows I'm very like, he'll try like touch that little stomach pouch and I'll get like a little flinchy and he does it intentionally. He's like, no, just let me. He's like, I think it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I mean, it's just like that sort of stuff. I'm like, who, where? who are you, you know? And I, I, I mean, but everyone deserves that and everyone can have that. And I think that's the point of this conversation yeah, sure. is we both put in a lot of work on ourselves and been through different relationships and, and understood kind of what, I think it's like when you know what you deserve and you know that you're worthy of that
0: sort of love, it comes to you. That makes me want to cry that he says that to you. That is what everybody deserves. And that's totally why we're having this conversation. We could gush off recording all day long, which we will. But that's not why I bring it up now. I bring it up now because given the demographic of people listening, there's a lot of young people who are in the place that we've been for years. I know I have been kind of just like had this dream relationship in my head, but really didn't believe it would ever happen because I, well, A, I just didn't think I was deserving of it because I just, a list of everything in the whole world, but I just didn't. And, um, I didn't think that it really existed for everybody. Like I, but I am a hopeless romantic. So I did, but I just, I couldn't imagine it happening with me. And, maybe you feel that way. And I'm sure a ton of people listening feel that way. So I think the key is knowing yourself and knowing your worth. And that goes for everything. I talk all the time about knowing your worth in business and in blogging. I mean, you could get walked all over as a blogger um, and a model and everything. And people try to underpay you and all these things. And if you know your worth... Everything in life slowly but surely with patience comes into place. It doesn't always happen at 12.01 midnight on the new year, but nothing has ever happened for me like that in my life. So that is not like a normal thing for me. Patience. I've been patient for 26 years for a lot of things. And I just feel calmer, more content just in general, which has helped. um, I mean, you can't expect to be in a healthy relationship and be not healthy in tons of other ways, which I haven't been for a long time. But it does take a lot of work. I mean, for me, I have every healthcare professional one could ever imagine. I have a therapist and an acupuncturist and a functional medicine doctor and I get cupping and I do voice coaching and I do... And he's basically a therapist too. And I just do a ton of stuff because that works for me. Other people would would just slit their head off if they did that every week because it's a ton of self-work. It's a lot of drawing inward, but that's what I need right now. So it's cool. So nearing the end of our conversation, I have a couple more fun questions for you. I think everybody would love to know, definitely me because of your, what a big staple food is in your life. What are your pantry staples that you cannot live without?
1: You know, it's interesting
0: because my food in
1: the last month has changed so much because I used to eat be so strict that it was just like vegetables and meat and fats, you know? So chocolate, I'm going to say chocolate. And I'm going to say that because for so long, that was something that if I had it, it was because I was being bad and I broke my diet. And then maybe the next day I'd start my diet. And it was so... there was I never granted myself permission to have that. And as soon as I did, I could buy chocolate and leave it in my cabinet. And it could sit in there for three days or five days or a week or whatever. And that's been like remarkable for me. But, um, you know, I travel a lot. So I bring my meals. Everyone's always shocked to see this, but I bring model meals with me through TSA anytime I travel. So I... And- unless I get through. it's They always stop me, but it takes about five minutes. So as long as it's not super liquidy and as long as the ice packs are frozen, totally fine. And then I'll get to the hotel and I'll have them put a second refrigerator in my room if I'm staying for like four or five days and I'll put all my meals in there. Um, before model meals existed, I would uh, go to Whole Foods and I grab just whatever snacks. So a lot of those, like if you do eat meat, um, they have some really good quality sausages that, have, that are pre-cooked and you can just eat those. I would bring like cherry tomatoes, lots of like raw nuts, um, always a purse avocado. I've kind of coined this thing, this purse avocado, but I just pretty much always have an avocado in my purse. And I'm trying to think what other things, you know, there's so many good clean snacks out there now. So for me, I mean, dried mangoes are like my weakness in life ever. Like I, dried mangoes are my jam. So if we're talking pantry, those are something I like to have, but I tend to eat all of them at once. But right now I'm allowing that. Like the beauty of where I am right now is allowing that.
0: Cool. Those are all so good. What's your favorite brand of healthy chocolate?
1: Oh, that's a good
0: one. Um, It's called... Why am I blanking out? Oh, it's in my purse. Um, while she looks... My favorite is Eating Evolved. I'm so obsessed with it. It's called Eating Evolved. It's um, Their slogan is like, chocolate is food, not candy. It's true. I mean, if it's like a healthy brand of chocolate... So I can definitely relate to that. Mine
1: is alter ego. And I really like the dark coconut toffee and the dark salted burnt car- caramel one. And I get this at Mother's or Whole Foods or Sprouts or any of those natural markets. But, you know, and here's the thing. Like ever since I've allowed this in my life, like genuinely allowed it without the guilt and shame, I eat it regularly. And I'm probably eating more than I will. But it's funny to watch. like Every single day it has less and less appeal because I really know that it's going to be there the next day. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on something I said earlier, and I was just thinking about this. For my blog post. I write all of my personal... Like my personal social media is all me. I don't want people... But I'm saying with Model Meals, we have a team that helps with our recipe posts and that sort of stuff. So I just... I wanted to clarify that because I don't want... You know, that's very, very important to me, to be me, you know, in in my messaging. So
0: I think it's clear that your social media is all you. It's like your selfies when you're traveling and it's so you and so authentic and... Um, it makes sense to me that all the model meals, recipe posts and stuff are just on a different level of like, you can get help with that. It's part of jellyating and that's amazing. So something that I'm pretty obsessed with that I love asking my guests is wellness hacks. So like hacks for, I'm all into all of everything when it comes to wellness hacks, yeah. like the Bulletproof lifestyle. And I mean, a purse avocado is a wellness hack, but do you have anything else that's kind of like, you know, something that people wouldn't necessarily always know of. Like someone who I recently had on, she does LED light therapy. And I was like, what is that? And so that kind of stuff, but anything. You
1: know, it's interesting. Like if you had asked me this question a couple months ago, I would have been like,
0: well, this is what I do. I
1: meditate for this long and I journal and I answer this question. I write this, you know, and I was so, I used to be so regimented. And to be completely honest, my wellness right now, like my wellness hack, I would have to say is to stop trying to fix myself like that. When I was on that retreat this past weekend, I kept hearing that over and over, there's nothing to fix. Like you've done the work, like reap the benefits now. You know what I mean? And of course we're always working on ourselves and that's not what I mean, but we also have to, work on ourselves while we appreciate how far we've come. But in terms of like actual ones, I do do um, I do like a bulletproof matcha latte in the morning, which I really like. I just put in some ghee, MCT oil. I'll put in a little turmeric sometimes. And I do vital proteins, collagen powder. It's really good for your skin and hair. You're, yeah, Jordan likes that. The purse avocado. I always have a real fork in my purse. So since I bring meals with me, I like to not eat with a plastic fork all the time. So I have a golden purse fork. I use the app Calm to meditate. I also really like the Deepak and Oprah Meditation Challenge. They actually have a new one coming up. Um, I've tried, I have so many other things. Really, a big thing for me is leaving my electronics in another room when I go to bed. I'm not. I have not been great at it lately. But when I do it, and I put my alarm on and like leave it in the kitchen, which in my garage is not really that far. There's like a little mini kitchen with a mini fridge. But really, leaving electronics far away and like it's getting like a better better sleep. Oh, and I do. I drink bone broth before I go to bed. And hacks. Just honestly, Evernote the app has been like. Is just for my freaking jam. Like I do everything. And my, my hack is really my self-care checklist. Like it keeps me in line. I don't have to do it every day. And it's not like rules. It's more just sort of like guidelines for me of, you know, if I do these things, I feel good. And so that's just a hack for me. It's a place to like it's a place to stop and think and be really intentional with how I'm spending my time. And I schedule everything like in my calendar, unless I'm scheduling a day off where I'm intentionally not scheduling, like and all I schedule is the day off. But, but, you know, I schedule my wellness. I schedule my transit time. I schedule my yoga and my meditation and my meals for like 30 minutes, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like actual meal, you know? So I really, because I remember getting to the end of day, the day and feeling like I did nothing, you know? And so once I started scheduling it and seeing where I'm Spending my time, I'm like, whoa! I'm not, I'm getting a lot done, and so I think that helps just for your own well being to look at that. So I use ICal for that, and you know, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's an amazing list of hacks. I'm not surprised to hear that you schedule your transit time because you're so prompt. I like sent Danica a halfway frantic, not really, email last night saying, um, hey, if you could come just a few minutes early, that'd be awesome because I have this thing right after and I don't want us to be cut short. And she was like, oh, I'll try. I have this, this and this, but you know, I'll try. And then I get a text from her this morning that she was going to be basically 25 minutes early, which was legitimately like the most perfect I could have asked for and she was and it's pretty rare to find I mean I my well it's really respectful my daily practice is to try to be prompt I grew up like as the most prompt person because my parents uh, my dad specifically like has to have him and his whole family be like at least an hour early everywhere so I never knew what it was like to not be early because I never had the chance And of course, I resisted it and resisted it. And I was like, you're crazy. We don't have to be at the airport five hours in advance, even if it's international. This is crazy. And I was always mad. And then when I was in college and I started to like miss a flight here and there because I was rebelling against that prompt, beyond prompt nature. I balanced back out, leveled back out, but I read something a a while ago, but it really resonated with me that a lot of people who are really optimistic happen to overschedule the shit out of themselves and be late everywhere because it's like an optimism thing. Like, of course I can feed Hudson and make bulletproof coffee and do some yoga and clean my apartment and vacuum and be on time for my workout. Like, no, you can't. Not in LA. Like, get up and get in the car and go to your workout. So... I'm learning, but you're inspiring me with that. That's, yeah, that's really great. Um, and lastly, just because I see this on my list and I'm just genuinely curious, New York versus Los Angeles. You've lived in both places. A lot of people who listen live in one of the two places or dream of living in one of the places or maybe hate them, who knows. But um, what do you feel? West Village is awesome, but so is, I mean, you live in Orange County, so West Coast, East Coast.
1: So I'm a West Coaster, but what's funny is I actually grew up in New York until I was 12 on Long Island and then we moved to California and then um, but I always had like I think I watched a lot of Sex in the City and I had such romanticized like New York dreams and I do absolutely love New York I'm very fortunate because I, I'm i in New York probably every two to three weeks so keep in mind with the traveling for modeling I'm, I'm there all the time so I get my home base is is California, but I get to be on the East Coast all the time. So I think I would really miss it if that wasn't the case. Um, all my agents are in on the East Coast. But I feel, I think I feel best near water. I actually like, being in Orange County, I, I really love LA, but I like being in Orange County. It's where my kitchen is right now, and that's where I spend the most time. So for me, it's really about efficiency. Um, but it's nice because I get to kind of remove myself when I go to, when I'm in Orange County, and I can come up to LA and have meeting uh, six meetings in one day, and then I go back, and it's there's not really the traffic, and there's not you know so so I like it for now. I, I love city life. I love New York, but honestly, it's unfortunate because when I lived in New York. And although I started model mills, that was the hardest time of my life because I took away all the ways I used to go numb, be it TV, be it foods, be it whatever. I drink alcohol. I took all of that stuff out. And so when you take all the things out to numb, but you haven't really properly learned how to process feelings, you just feel everything. And so it was really hard. And on top of that, I was broke. I was, you know... $10,000 $10,000 in debt in three months for my rent, you know? And so it was a really, really hard time. So I think I would, I'll have to really re, um, I'll have to go back to New York in a different time in my life when things feel more secure and I'm just at a different point and i have a new experience there, you know? Because it's such a beautiful, amazing city and I love it, but but it has a lot of, there was a
0: lot of struggle while I live there. That's a great answer. There is a lot of struggle in New York. <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, I could live in New York and live this really hard but awesome life. Yep. Or I could move back to LA and live a really easy and awesome life. And it sounds funny to say hard and easy, but like that really is what the two cities, if you're just looking at like the energy vibes that they give off, New York is a struggle, especially like with the weather for someone like me who doesn't do well with, with the cold. And then to live on the beach in Santa Monica and, by my family and everyone that I went to college with and high school, and it's like that's easy and for once in my life, I chose the easier path yeah. and I'm happy to be here. But I too, I go to New York all the time and I would yeah. miss it desperately if I didn't. So that's that's really cool. Well, I'm so glad that we've had you on. I could talk to you for life forever. I cannot wait to try my model meals food that you brought over. I'm going to have some for lunch. I don't know how much you brought, but if there's more, I'm going to bring some with me to Santa yeah. Barbara. I'm yeah. going tomorrow. So yeah. I'm excited. Um, so let everybody know where they can find you. Obviously, modelmeals.com and lots of other places. Yeah. So for my personal stuff,
1: I have my personal website, which is danikabrysha.com. You can reach me there. I post some... I'm, I'm working on doing a little more blogging there, but I'm also working on not spreading myself too thin. So um, that's my personal. It's danikabrysha.com. D-A-N-I-K-A-B-R-Y-S-H-A. And then my Instagram is at danikabrysha. And then for model meals on Instagram, that's at... At Model Meals Kitchen, um, at Model Meals Kitchen is what it is, and it um, we share a ton of recipes and stuff. So if you're not local to Southern California, you know, and, and also Jordan, I can get you a discount code for all of you guys. Let's just make it Soul on Fire. If you type that in the discount box, we'll give you like it'll take. Um, well, you'll get free delivery on your first order. So if you are Southern California, we'll do that. Don't let me forget that. So <laughs> I don't want I don't want to hate hate emails, but yeah. So Danica Breisha, Model Meals Kitchen, and. I think that's about it. dot model meals, modelmeals.com. Pretty simple. I'm really on just like I'm really an Instagrammer. I was on Snapchat. I have Facebook, but I just really I like to kind of focus my energy in one place. So Instagram, Instagram stories. I'm that's kind of my jam.
0: We'll put this all in the show notes too. So you can see the discount code. You can just like click directly on her website in the show notes. I finally have someone helping me talk about help with the show notes because I was writing them all myself and it was getting um, silly because I don't know. One day I'll do an episode. I also don't do it all. That was the best answer that you gave. Like, I don't because nobody can. Nobody successful can. I mean, or unsuccessful. You just literally can't (laughs) put that on a t-shirt. Just kidding. That (laughs) phrase is so not me. But in that case, it worked. But... We're so happy to have Danica on. She's amazing and she's just the best. I was so happy to see her at this event that I went to last week. It was a meditation thing. I saw you like diagonal and in front of me. That was another situation where I was pretty late, so I didn't get to like mingle beforehand and I saw you and I wanted to like reach up and just like grab you because I was so excited. Yes, well, I did eventually. Um so thanks for listening, guys. We love you. I know that you loved Danica. She's a blast. Um Tell us what you thought. Give us a rate and a review. Um, So many of you guys have. You you guys have been awesome because I feel like now that I've mentioned it a few times, everybody completely understands why the ratings and reviews are important because it helps with visibility and iTunes. And obviously, if you've listened this far, you're pretty loyal and I love you, and you've probably already done it. But tell your friends. It's really, really fun to share this podcast with people. And I just like to share my guests. They're so fun. It's just, it's, I can't believe it's work. It's weird. It's really weird. We just get to sit here. Yeah. And like talk to each other and, um, Yeah. I haven't even like washed my face yet today. It's just, it's a nice, oh, thank you. It's just a nice laid back thing. So thanks for listening. Yeah. Chocolate. Thanks for listening, guys. We love you. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. I'm waving. I'm waving at you just in case.